Hi, I'm Mighty Joe. Welcome to Full Send Sports. production of Jim Life Media and the pregame show to all ADL live events. Get on over to our social media pages, check out all the great content that we're bringing to you through Jim Life Media, including this show here, Full Send Sports, all the great interviews and shows to follow. Now let's get on with the show. All right, before we get started, let me give a shout out to the Great Lakes Strongest Man in Traverse City, Michigan. That's next weekend on Saturday, September 17th. Jim Life Media is going to be there. Full Send Sports is going to be there. And we are going to be live streaming this event to you. This spectacle of an amateur show. Over 170 competitors battling it out in the backdrop of beautiful Traverse City, Michigan and Northern Michigan. Uh, let me tell you, there's no better place to be in mid-September. This show is going to be off the chain. The super heavyweight class is the biggest, baddest and strongest super heavyweight class ever assembled. I stand by that. And I've had yet anybody to prove me wrong. This is an incredible class of athletes. We're going to be bringing the live streaming commentary to you through Gym Life Media. And we can't wait to do it. This is just going to be one hell of a show. Promoter George Bullard has just pulled out all the stops. Probably more sponsors in an amateur show than I've ever seen before in my life. These prize packages are huge. To own this title of Great Lakes Strongest Man is just short of nationals, if you ask me. So get ready. If you want to find out more about the Great Lakes Strongest Man, go to the Great Lakes Strongest man on instagram check out gym life media on instagram and our gym life media facebook find out how you too can watch this show as we commentate it and bring it to you live enough about all that other stuff this is what you guys came to see here today this is another clash on the coast qualifier clash at the corral in waco texas what makes this show so exciting well, A, it's a class show, so we already know it's going to be fast-paced and the best competitors out there competing for a bid in next year, 2023, Clash on the Coast. We've already seen a couple of these shows this year. We're going to see this one and three more. We got one in New Jersey, Clash at the Cumberland. We also have one over in Great Britain being hosted by and promoted by none other than Luke Davies from Chaos Promotions. So we've got three more shows after this to stack this lineup for Clash on the Coast this year, 20, or should I say next year, 2023. Uh, and again, this show itself is going to be nothing short of amazing. What we see at these Clash shows time in and time again is the best athletes bidding for a spot to be recognized as one of the best in the world. This 105 class has led the way now for over three years as the new sweetheart of the strongman community, if you will, where all these spectators are out there are just as encouraged to see these guys compete as they are to see these super heavyweights at the world's strongest man at the highest level and let me tell you you're not getting anything less these guys are pound for pound stronger or if not as strong as many of the super heavyweight athletes we see and quite frankly they're more athletic. We know this. The kind of weight that these guys put up at these shows is ridiculous. And the way they move and the speed they go about doing it, uh, it's flawless and seamless. And if it's not, that's generally the reason why these guys don't podium because it's all in the transitions, baby. A lot of these guys can handle all this weight. These events are nothing new to them. And let me tell you, to get an opportunity to get on that podium and get to Clash 2023, 
Uh, that is the pinnacle of the sport for the 105s. It is arguably the worlds of the 105 class, and everybody wants to hold that title. So here we go. I'm going to get with the lineup, and I'm going to get with the vents. Let's get this show started. this is a bit smaller of a lineup than we've seen so far at some of these clash events. A couple guys dropped out at the last minute, generally in strongman that's due to some type of injury. You're certainly not going to test an injury at a show as large as clash at the corral. Listen, I just got done telling you there's three more class shows before the end of the year. That being at least three more to qualify before next year's 2023 event. So most, much of these athletes, are looking at this as an opportunity to qualify. And if they can't, be sure they're going to be back to one of those other events to try to get that qualifier. Not only the guys that couldn't make it, but even a lot of these guys that we've seen in these qualifiers that didn't have a chance to podium probably are still putting in the training to get a chance to come back at some of these other events. So with that said, our lineup being seven guys deep, well, a lot of you out there are thinking, well, that's a pretty easy qualification, right? Podium for three spots. The problem is when you start condensing a field like this, your points from one to seven become much more important. And what I mean by that is you don't have that separation of a deep class of 12 or 15 people where if you, if you didn't do well in one event, generally that's very critical. Not so much in this event. You can make up seven points in a crowd like this. You can make up an event if you have a rough time at one of them. So what this essentially does is it stacks the lineup a bit. It gets things in a little bit tighter. So it's much more imperative for the guys that want to stay at the top to compete at a very even keel throughout the show. I'm talking second, third, second, third, first, third, first, fourth, first, fifth kind of thing. It doesn't mean, however, that if a guy took seventh place in a particular event that he couldn't make up ground rather quickly on this field because nobody's going to jump that much further ahead him so follow me follow along with me here sounds kind of crazy from a point system but when you start breaking down the points of strongman and how these shows are won and lost you have more of gamesmanship going on with these shows that gamesmanship being i don't have to win every event to win a show i have to stay within my wheelhouse take advantage of the events that i'm good at and try to do the best I can the events I can't without shitting the bed or without giving yourself a situation where you didn't perform or you overperform trying to get that extra rep, which may take away from some of the other events you're good at. So there's a lot of strategy here, a little more gamesmanship than what we generally see in these events. And that's why having such a small field can bring a lot of excitement to a show like Clash at the Corral. All right, let's get on with this competitors list. That is if I didn't just completely blow your mind with that points thing, that back and forth one to seven and how you can uh, game your way to the top of these shows. Listen, if you're a spectator of Strongman, if you're a consumer of Strongman, you love the sport and you don't compete and you aren't quite sure how it works, once you understand this scoring, 
you're going to appreciate this sport on a whole nother level. These guys compete with strategy. They compete with gamesmanship. It's not about being the strongest guy. It's about knowing where to go ahead and make your moves in this sometimes, especially when you have five or six events and you're looking to go ahead and try to jockey yourself around these other competitors, making sure that you're saving enough to be good at what you're best at. So let me get on with this competitors. We've got Richard Mose, CJ Demine, Mike O'Connor, Nate Bowling, John Stacy, Austin Hay, and Michael Bataglino. Uh, so seven guys. We A few of them have uh, been to Clash before, veterans, if we say, after a couple years of competing at Clash on the Coast. The other three, new to, new to the game completely. Uh, but new to the game, qualified to be there. Remember, we always talk about that. The guys that we generally think the cream rises to the top in this sport, that being the guys that we've seen there before, they still got a job to do. You're not taking a day off today just because you're not familiar with your competitors. In all actuality, it should probably make you work just a little bit harder. Nate Bowling, guy that's been there before. Richard Mose, guy that's been there before. Michael Connor, a guy that's been there before. These guys have all competed at, at Clash on the Coast at a high level. We expect that these guys are going to be the ones out there making all the moves. But, hey, the pressure's on these guys. Guys like, uh, guys like John Stacy, for instance. John Stacy's a guy that used to be a 105, went up to a super heavyweight, has been coming back down to 105, and is ready to compete for his first time in this so-called clash era that we're competing in right now. So what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of movement around the strongman community right now, that being super heavyweights and heavyweights coming down. We've seen 90 guys coming up. Because, listen, everybody wants to be a part of this 105 class. I'm telling you, if you're a guy on the fence or you're a guy kind of uh, straddling a couple different weight classes, this is the one you want to be in. You want to be a superstar and strongman? Win clash on the coast. Be a 105 five guy that kicks ass in a qualifier that the whole world's talking about because let me tell you something this year or next year I should say 2023 is going to be the biggest clash show around internationally speaking remember last year we had three or four maybe five athletes from across the pond this year expect that number to double if not triple when we talk about a qualifier or talk about qualifying to get into clash of the coast reason being we're not going to have all these travel restrictions right we came off covid a year before the the athlete pool outside the united states was a, was a little smaller than maybe what it was going to be moving forward and that's just going to open up this contest internationally and we're bringing a whole new set of talent and a whole new set of athletes uh, into clash on the coast in this clash series so listen we're seeing the same events and some of you out they're right now spectating this show or this class qualifier maybe have seen the other two maybe you've seen the last one that we that we uh, actually uh, did with the 80s class uh, the clash qualifier with that 80s in Colorado these events stay the same and there's a good reason for that right we're trying to keep these events uh, uniform so we can find the best athlete pool that performs the best at these events it's only fair so with that said we're going to be back at the max axle again to start off the show, unless this change, which changes a bit of strategy, but certainly doesn't change what these guys are getting into. So the Max Axel, listen, these are a bunch of deadlifters in this class. Uh, there's two or three guys that are going to go well over 700 pounds. I had a conversation with uh, Mike O'Connor. This guy's tripling 745. So we're going to see some big movement in this axle, some heavyweight come off the floor. Again, where's the gamesmanship going to be? Where are these guys going to push themselves to the limit chasing some of these better deadlifters? That remains to be seen. So then we're going to get on to the ladder or the log ladder. The log ladder is uh, 
Well, listen, you're going from deadlift to a log. And if you listen to uh, C.J. Pierce on our pregame show, he tells you that may be the hardest thing to do. Because after deadlifting, of course, you're going into that log. Your rhomboids, your back, your traps, everything is tight. Everything's on fire. Now, all of a sudden, you have to clean these logs, 300, 330, 360, of course, clean, and then press above the head. Rumor has it, and I say rumor, our pros anyhow kind of predict this. Probably not many guys are going to get an attempt at that third log just because of where this is positioned in the show. I tell you, if you're a guy like Tyler Young was a couple weeks back and you push that log and you lock out that third log, I think you're going to win this event, and that's a great place to be. There's one guy that's giving it a try. That's Mike O'Connor. We talked about him in the deadlift. He's kind of starting off in his wheelhouse in the first two events. I had a chance to talk to Mike O'Connor before the show. Here's what he had to say. I mean, long before Clash came out, but certainly uh, it's lent now to the uh, the lore of this 105 class. And you see a lot of guys kind of getting excited about it, now dropping down from that heavyweight yeah. class, you know, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's created a lot of opportunities for all of us, including people who are maybe kind of on the cusp uh, and competed heavyweight, but now they're seeing the opportunity that that Clash is giving the 105 guys, and then they're dropping down. And so, yeah, it, it's given a lot of opportunities to everybody. The people coming up from 90 kilogram class too. Um, so, yeah, it, what Anthony has done has uh, really given us an opportunity and shined a light on us as a class. So you've brought a different sort of uh, a body type into the sport as well, and kind of representing on a different athletic uh, sort of platform. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'd almost say, I mean, it's almost a different sport. I mean, we're competing in the same types of events, but the way that we approach those events, the the way that we perform, um, it's it's a lot different than the heavyweights. It's a lot more speed and athleticism. Um, it's incredibly important in the 105 class to be fast and athletic and strong. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a contrast to, to those heavier guys. And I think that I think that lends to the viewing experience too. It, it, it offered something differ, uh, different to the audience. That's one of the great things about this sport, right? I mean, the idea that it's a qualifier and it's not just a invitational qualifier like WSM, it's an actual qualifier where right. everybody plays on the same field, starting all over again every year to get to that one place. And of course that's Clash on the Coast. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm confident, but it's still, it's a, it's, it's a lot of pressure. Only top three guys make it. There's a lot of good one of fives out there. Um, I don't know everybody that's on the roster for, for Waco, but I know Richie's great. Uh, Nate Bowling's great. So yeah. it's, it's going to be a battle. Um, but not to say that I'm coming into this fully confident and I, I can't give a prediction, but I have trained in a way that I expect myself to win, that if, if I perform at my best, then I expect myself to win it. I, I wouldn't be going there if I didn't think that I could win. Yeah, Michael Connor, he is a technician. You know, there's a lot more to that interview. You guys got to check it out on Full Send Sports uh, interviews that we post on Gym Life Media uh, pretty much a day after the show. Uh, he trains with Nick Camby, or at least they bounce training ideas off one another. And if you don't know who Nick Camby is in the 105 class, uh, you haven't been paying attention to the sport very long. He's the guy that everybody's chasing, and Nick Camby hasn't made it to the show. As a matter of fact, Nick Camby hasn't even qualified for Clash on the Coast yet. Rumor has it it's going to be in New Jersey. We'll probably get a chance to talk to Nick before he does that. But in the meantime, there's some guys here that still have to get the job done, that being, of course, Mike O'Connor as well. And Mike's in a good position here to make it back to Clash like he did last year where he finished 10th. Uh, obviously, this year he's got bigger ideas and bigger placing, uh, You know, putting himself in a better position to win that show. 
But listen, the third event, this is where it gets interesting. It's that medley with the yoke, farmers, and sandbag. Uh, this is where the shows are kind of won and lost, or this event certainly is. Uh, as one of our pros, uh, Nick O'Hara, said best, the, this event is won and lost with the transitions. That's coming off the yoke, coming into the farmers, farmers into the sandbag. Uh, you know, it just provides just those few seconds that are crucial uh, in this event, whether or not you're going to be on the right side of the victory or the wrong side of victory. And it's always fun to watch. Listen, they're not going to move as fast as the 80s guys. They're not going to move as fast as the 90s guys. These 105ers are a bit more muscle-bound, but they still move fast. So this is one of those events that I think spectators love. It's very spectator-friendly. It's going to give us a chance to see into the athleticism of these guys. And there's one guy that I talk to that says, you know what, I'm pretty damn good at this event. This is the one I'm going to try to steal from everybody else. That guy is John Stacy. I talked about him earlier. He's a personal friend of mine, and I had the pleasure of chatting with him before the show. Here's what John had to say. As we've seen kind of clash grow over the last couple of years, there's no doubt about it. It's the premier event for 105ers in the world. And, and I think this year we are going to expect to see that class truly represented by the world with all these qualifiers now taking place. I know in Britain here in December, talked to Luke Davies. He's covered, he's actually going to be promoting that show. Mm -hmm. So you got to be pretty stoked. I mean, I know you don't want to get too far ahead in your thinking, but the idea of, of being there is God, man, I, I couldn't think of a, a bigger honor. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for the uh, opportunity. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Assuming that I make it that far, you know, we'll see. This is going to be a tough weekend for me. I, uh, I didn't sign up for this thing until about a week and a half ago. Yeah, I saw that. It kind of a late entry to it. But you yeah, were kind yeah. of coming down in weight, though, right? I mean, because you've always been a heavyweight, super heavyweight guy. Uh, so, I actually started as a, so I started as a 231 um, back in 2013. Did my first show. I think I weighed in at like 217. Yeah. And then uh, I've done four other 231 comps. Uh, and then okay. I went to heavyweight because once I hit, my body likes to stay around 260. Yeah. So 260 to 231, there are guys that do it. I know Jesse Nelson does it all the time, but man, my yeah. body just does not want to get that weight off. How's the strength? Have you have you managed uh, to keep it pretty well in your in your uh, coming down with weight? Uh, yeah, it seems to all still be there. My deadlift has suffered. My leverages feel off. So okay. and a 13-inch axle deadlift has always been the epitome of a terrible lift for me. So oh, gotcha. we're going to see how this max goes. Oh, right. Yeah, because they're running the same. Well, I guess they've been running the same events for every qualifier. So mm -hmm. nothing's really changed there. I, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. 13 inch for max. Um, where, where are you, where you're at with your favorite event in this one? I mean, where, what are you coming in at right now? Uh, my favorite event. Um, you know what? Actually, as much as I hate yoke, uh, this really? triple medley yoke thing, I, I don't yeah. hate it's uh, it's moving pretty well for me right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're busting the win that event. I'm not very I fast. I saw the run you did with Farmers the weight the other day in your video, mm -hmm. so you certainly don't have any issues there. But that's a that's a weird one, John. I'm going to be honest mm -hmm. with you. There's not many guys looking forward to that fucking event, I'll tell you right now. I mean, it moved well last week, honestly. A lot better than I thought it was going to. I did comp weight, and uh, I was yeah. pretty happy with it. Mindset going into the show, what are you looking to – obviously, you're looking to podium, but really, where are you at uh, going into this? Is it your first Clash qualifier? It is, yeah. I haven't touched any Clash shows yet. Yeah, so knowing what we know, because being two media guys that covered the shit out of all these guys competing at this, I'm pretty envious you get an opportunity to compete in such a high-level show. Yeah. Coming from your perspective, I mean, what are you feeling like right now, man? Uh, I'm excited. I'm very nervous at the speed of the events because we have two hours to do it all. 
So that's going to be interesting. This will be the for the fastest show I've ever done. And uh, workload capacity has never been my friend. <laughs> Have you been training that a lot? I, I've been doing a lot better with it. Absolutely. It's gotten significantly better in the last uh, couple of months, I would say. But especially working out at Battle Axe, we don't turn the AC on over there. So it gets nice and hot. <laughs> you want to get in and out as fast as you can. Yeah, nice, nice, for yeah. sure. And certainly training at Battle Axe, you're not hurting for finding the equipment you need to train these no, events because no. I know you guys are have a ton of stuff going on over there. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I'm I'm excited to be on the other end of the camera and everything for uh for once. All right, I love that. John is a great guy. He also does a podcast called Thick, Strong, and Awkward Podcast. John, I'll give you a shout out for that. I love watching it. He's got all these great athletes down there in, in, in uh, Texas area that he talks to and a lot of great promoters and pros down there as well. Uh, listen, John is a guy that has come down from a heavyweight class back in the 105s. When I talk to John, like a lot of these 105 kg guys do, they generally cut a little bit of weight coming into the show. John's got a 20-pound cut that he had to do prior to the show about 10 days out. Uh, you know, that's a little bit tricky. I mean, a lot of guys in this 105 class generally like to cut weight. When you cut weight, you don't want to cut strength, and that's where it really becomes key in dialing this in. Some guys are experts at it. Some guys have to get good at it if they want to perform at a higher level. They're generally going to be those guys that are a little bit thicker in the offseason, a little thicker coming into competition. But listen, if they dial it in, boy, you're going into – these events statically stronger with more weight. And that's kind of the way it works, right? Gain a little weight, get a little stronger. So we're rooting for you, John. And I think he's got a real good chance to push that podium. We're going to see out there today. So our fourth one, of course, is sandbag over bar. This is a 15-foot height on this bar. Uh, it's a rising, uh, or I should say, rising weight in the bag. So far, we've only seen in all these qualifiers a 55-pound bag go over a 50 15 foot bar. Um, I actually posed the question to one of our pros, you know, why do we think that is? Or why does he think that is? In large part, this isn't Highland Games uh, when it comes to how these guys are, what type of apparatus they're using. The sandbag's a little more difficult to deal with. The weight shifts a bit in it. It's not such a taut line like maybe a weight over bar in Highland Games where it's connected to a chain with a heavy 50 pound weight. The sand moves around. It's a little bit thicker of a handle as well. It's hard to get a good grip. It's hard to take the slack out of that and really get it over the bar. But as this event becomes more and more popular in Strongman, we're going to see a lot of more heavier weights going over 15 feet, not to take anything away from what 55 pounds feels like when it's going over a 15-foot bar. It takes a hell of a lot of force and effort to drive it up and over. Uh, we're going to get a chance to watch that today. Listen, it's a crowd favorite. Uh, I love it. I love to see all these sandbag events. Maybe not the shoulder so much. Almost blew out a bicep doing that. But certainly bag over bar, and I look forward to doing that someday myself. So that's going to be a fun one. And then, of course, we got the, the, my favorite event. This is absolutely my favorite event in Strongman. I wish it was in every single show. I mentioned that to our pros the other day. Last man standing. That's stone over bar, last man standing. That's a 350-pound stone. Uh, this is going to really decide, I think, that third and fourth position. You've got, essentially, at the time this event starts, the seventh-place seventh guy will go against the sixth-place guy. Last man standing, which means if one guy actually falls out because he can't perform any more reps over bar, the fifth place guy will come in and he'll start his turn. By that point, the sixth place guy is generally petering out, so the fourth place guy will come in. And essentially what you're trying to do there is outlast everybody because ultimately you're not sure exactly how many reps is going to win or lose this event. Now, it puts a guy 
at that top position or that first and second position in a really nice spot. Because ultimately, what's going to happen is, is if he's going to get to that bar, he already has an idea where these guys have performed before him. So he may not have to give it all he's got to win the show to make the podium and qualify for Clash on the Coast. The pros seem to think, as well as myself, that we're going to see this really be a, a play for that third podium position so pay attention to those points pay attention to how these guys are performing going into the show listen there's a lot that can go on here with seven competitors just like there's a lot that can go on in any show with double that amount but interestingly enough every single event in this small show means a little extra more when it comes to how you're performing and listen these guys aren't going to take their foot off the gas pedal to save their lives they're going to go ahead and stay on it and we're going to see another amazing show out here at clash at the corral now, I had a chance, of course, as I do every single time we get to one of these events, to sit down with three of my friends and three pros in the industry, that being Nick O'Hare, C.J. Pierce, and Luke Davies. Uh, I spent about 45 minutes with them the other day. Here's five minutes of what they had to say about the show and, of course, their predictions. On to our picks. Let's get let's get them. Uh, well, any, yeah. any last thoughts, and then go on to your top three. Yeah, well, Nick, I'm excited to watch it. Um, I'm excited to watch it. You're gonna do great, man. Pumped to see it. Um, and now my top three. So I got God blow up my buddy. He's gonna do great. Um, top three. Uh, I got Mike at the top of the podium. Um, then I'm gonna go with Richard in second, Nate in third. And you got to what's that four or five? You always do that. Give us a four I on this. Do a four and a five. Uh, I'm gonna go John at four. I'm gonna go Austin at five. Okay. Luke, what do you got? Um, I'm going to go Richard for the win. Um, I think Richard is probably the most underestimated, sorry, underrated 105 on the planet. People forget that he came second at the first clash because he doesn't really post a lot on social media and he's quite quiet, but he's just a beast. Um, I'm going to go Michael Connor second and then Nate third. And if we're doing fourth and fifth, I'm going to go John fourth and then Michael Battleignio. I can't say his last name. Fifth. I'll let you try. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, where are you at with it? Um, To what Luke said about Richie Moe, uh, with the thought he had coming back from an injury, I'm still going to have to put him in second. But I think he – very healthy could be a, a, a top contender at clash on the coast so it's hard to do that i'm gonna put mike o'connor in first richie moe in second and i'm gonna call an up, upset here on the third place because i want to be different i think nate's got it i really do but i'm gonna i'm gonna go with austin hay in the third spot wow. nate bowling in the fourth spot and john stacy in the fifth spot well that would rock the 105 world a little bit wouldn't it <laughs> Nate's got a few Nate's he's very dynamic he's very fast but I think he's got a couple weaknesses that I think a couple of these guys can steal some points in this in this uh in this uh, with these events the one thing that Nate has over the other guys I think he's a little bit more athletic and I think he'll be able to handle the pace yeah so it's going to be okay in that standpoint but we'll see I want I wanted to I wanted to throw it off a little bit so we'll see what happens like I think I'm like you know if we go by points I might be in the lead right now but well, yeah, although you guys go got back. points we're from gonna, last time, and I wasn't on the show. We'll get it out, yeah. Yeah, at the at the end of all this, we got we got like review it. We got to review yes. the tape. We got to do we got to do a count back and see. Uh, we we'll definitely see we'll do that. Don't go to the count back. I always <laughs> lose on the count back. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I think. You, Sorry, yeah, I shouldn't have used that word. We'll review. All right, thanks to our pros, Nick and Luke and CJ. 
listen, we're blessed to have those guys on board with Full Send Sports. If you want to see that show, Full Send Sports Pro Picks, we always put it out two or three days before every one of these strongman events. We get together. We have a great conversation. Our pros go ahead and give you a breakdown of every event. They give you kind of their favorites in every event and all the little intangibles that probably go with it to determine your winner. Now, of course, at the end of that show, we're always giving our picks. With that said, it's not like hitting a broadside of a barn. It's probably the most difficult thing to do at the high level that these strongmen are competing at and the kind of shows they're competing at. There are a ton of variables and a ton of things that are going to go on. You're going to witness that out here today, even in a small field, which arguably might even be more difficult to predict, albeit you might get half of it right just by error. But in any case, we know that there's going to be a couple upsets at every one of these shows. The question is, are these upsets going to take place in a timely fashion that it's going to allow some of these competitors to sneak onto that podium and be a part of Clash at the Coast 2023? We're going to find out today, guys, at Clash at the Corral. This is going to be awesome. We're glad that you're here spectating with us on ADL Live. Remember that all ADL Live events uh, are in high definition, ready for your viewing pleasure, and we're going to be here for every single one of them to give you the pregame. So we'll see you next time. Stay strong.